The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Coming up, the latest on the Kansas City Royals from our team here at KCSN. All of our Royals content is brought to you by KC Strength and Conditioning, experts in baseball and softball training for kids ages 8 to 18. If you're in need, you're in luck. John and his crew have sent hundreds of players to college and the pros. That's KC Strength and Conditioning. And now, it's time for the latest updates on your Kansas City Royals. What's up, y'all? This is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. I'm Joel Penfield. Jordan Foote and Josh Kaiser joining me as always. Gentlemen, the All-Star game is on. Uh, We've, you know, fish at the de facto halfway point of the season. Uh, How are y'all feeling? Uh, I'm in a poor mood. Things are not going well. Just seems like it's uh, all the cumulative stuff that is hitting the fan all at once for me and my Royals mood. So it is what it is. This is going to be a fun show. That is incredibly relatable. (laughs) I feel fine. Um, I'm excited to pod with you guys. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm just going to spoil it. This is one of two pods that we're having come out this week, I believe, in this order as well. So we've got a lot of talking to do and not a whole lot of time to do it. Yeah. So we we got a lot to get to. This episode is going to be a a first half recap, second half, you know, preview, so to speak. Nothing like. To it really just kind of looking at overarching storylines. I mean, the team is 39 games below 500. There's not much analysis we need to do. It's just figuring out, you know, just a few things to watch down the stretch of the season. Second episode is going to be a draft recap. We're not talking about all 20 picks, but some overarching thoughts there as well. This show and the and the next show brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Day one sponsor here at KCSN. Can't thank them enough for their support. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. So just some initial thoughts at the All-Star break to this point, and I'm going to keep mine super brief. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be pretty. Like We kind of had that feeling going into the year, like the evaluation proce- process that the team wanted to go through. It's not going to really do a lot of wins, but at least it's going to give us a picture of what we could see moving forward. I didn't expect it to be objectively awful. And that's what it has been to this point. They've won 26 games, and it's July 11th. Like, that's bad. It's painfully bad. I don't know what the second half is going to bring when it comes to wins because it seems like they're just going to keep on trucking, sending six or seven rookies of second-year players out there, a bunch of either unproven or not good pitchers at this point just to try and eat innings and see if we can grind out some more wins on pace like 115 losses. 
it's it's just bad. It's all around bad. I want to find a few bright spots here and there, but it's going to be very few and far between at this point. And it's not good. A little bit. We're uh, we're going to go through our preseason. We're going to revisit our preseason well, predictions. <laughs> we had like I was obviously the Kool Aid drinker as always. I thought they were going to win seventy nine games. Joel, I think what did you say seventy two? I think you guys were. I said, so, I said seventy five. Yeah, so not seventy four. Even beyond our most pessimistic predictions, we are like 30 games underneath that pace somehow. Mm-hmm. 30 games underneath that. I, I, do you guys think that this team is one of the worst six ever? No. No. That's, I, I'm still just so conflicted as where we are. They are a 100-loss team, but they are not one of the six worst teams ever. It's I think. bad. And part of it, but, so many bad teams. Yeah. And, and you can only play the sample size noise so many times and I guess I'll usher into my kind of takeaways here um second half last year they had a 414 win percentage like that's not good but it's better than what they've had by month they won 42 percent of their games in June 46 in July and 45 in August so if they make a progression similar to last year they can get a little bit closer now obviously they started off worse so it's not going to make a difference um but you compare their rankings. I just went to Fangraphs and sorted 2022 versus 2023. They're worse in walk percentage. They were top 10 in strikeouts, like fewest strikeout percentage. Now they're the fourth worst. The weighted runs created plus is worse. The line drive rate is better. The hard hit rate is better. You look at pitching, they got a little bit better at strikeouts per nine. They went from second worst to seventh worst in walks per nine. So you're like, okay, whatever. ERA 27th to 28th. So you look at the team at the big league level, a lot is pretty much the same, if not worse, than last year. You combine that with no Carlos Santana at the beginning, no Whit Merrifield, like the lack of veterans on the team, maybe worse uh, with runners in scoring position, worse in high leverage situations. It, It makes sense, and injury luck, that it hasn't been great. Still, with all that said, it's a surprise that this team is this bad. Look at us citing and wishing and, and talking about better times when Carlos Santana was getting every day at bats. Look at us. Hark. It's who depressing for people. Who'd have thought? <laughs> well, that transitions nightly to what, what I wanted to cover. And it's like, this is a year of assessment. I wanted to kind of sit down and kind of go through what have we learned so far in the first half and what do we still need to learn to move forward with the assessment year. The main ones, main pillars that I see on this roster currently, Bobby Witt Jr. obviously taking a step forward. He's he's gone from good to pretty good over the last like two months, especially. And the next step is stardom. So let's see if he can. He's able to take that. But I've been pretty uh, happy with the progress that I'm seeing from Bobby Witt Jr. My calendar, the calendar turned to June. Hundred percent. Yep. And that's I mean with the season, but that's at half the first first half of the season, so a quarter of it. Yeah. Has he been good as long as he was not good? <laughs> I guess is where I'm trying to get at. It feels like he has kind of offset that bad start a little bit. He's back to square zero and he's ready to start the second half. So I'm curious yeah. to see, but it does seem like he has secured like his rosterdom, uh, pillar stone type of thing. As did I, I feel like Michael Garcia has really done that as well. His third base, he's you know he's surpassed my expectations of what he is, especially as a rookie, especially at third base. He's like second in F4 as far as AL uh, rookies go. So he's already exceeding my expectations to be a part of the part of the uh, 
I guess the the group moving forward as has Vinny, which we didn't really have that many, you know, qualms to kind of see him and already count him in. I feel like Daniel Lynch, uh, the last few starts, especially after coming back from injuries, a lot is piling up those quality starts. Um, I had my doubts about him, like what his uh, production was going to look like out of a major league level, but I feel like he's actually worked his way into like a mid-rotation type of guy that you Start. march out there and expect six innings, three aired runs from uh, every time. So I feel like Lynch is part of that filler stone. And Carlos Hernandez, finally. I feel like Carlos Hernandez has that defined role. He's going to excel and thrive in the back of the bullpen, I think, and I can't wait. I don't, I'm not trying to get rid of Barlow by any means, but I am excited to see if Carlos Hernandez can take that next step to the closer role and see where he looks like there. So those five cornerstones, there's still plenty to plenty to look for, like Singer, Melendez, Prado, Waters, all those guys are still plenty to look at in the second half. But uh, uh, for now, we've got at least five answers, I think, that we got to be pretty comfortable with moving forward. Yeah. No, I agree with everything you said, right down to – the guys that coming into the year, you were like, well, they should be, they should cement like Brady Singer. We'll, we'll talk plenty about Brady Singer as it goes, but just as an example, or even MJ Melendez, Hey, this guy was good last year or serviceable last year. He should take the step forward. And I think that is what's most damning about this team is they didn't have a ton of guys seemingly overachieve last year. Mm-hmm. Like all the rookies weren't fantastic. You're like, okay, even if they improve just a little bit, the team should be five or 10 wins better. And somehow, some of them have gotten drastically worse. Like that is the uh, confusing thing, I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to hammer the point too much, just because it's already we've already done that enough over the course of the season, and we're gonna continue to do it over the next couple of months. So I think you guys, guys hit just about everything here. Let's talk about the All Star All Star Week a little bit. Um, I love the Home Run Derby. Josh in our Google box says, I don't care about the home run derby. I don't know if it hurt you as a child, but I think it's awesome. And what Julio Rodriguez did in that first round was special. I know he didn't win, but a lot of the best derby performances and the memorable ones don't often lead to a victory. Nick in our chat said he disagrees with Josh. Who hurt you guys? These guys intentionally hitting home runs. Yeah, I mean this concept. What's the matter with you? It's a, It's kind of like the dunk. I mean, it's the dunk contest. It's like you've seen it all, and you've seen one. I don't understand why it's better. It's so much better. The honestly, the well part of it is I think the dunk contest jumped the shark about ten years ago, and like yeah. it's not good anymore. Yeah, like at least the derby's still good. We've seen all the home runs. I don't know. I don't know. It's like we've seen them. I, I like the Derby. I I don't love the Derby, but I like the Derby. I'm like the happy medium between both of you guys, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually the happy medium between a lot of stuff. And then it makes me not so happy. But that's for our therapy podcast that is coming out soon. The the <laughs> baseball therapy and, and everything else. Buddy, I can't wait for that. That's gonna be a lot of fun to dive into. I, I don't really care about it. I, I'm not I'm not slaying anybody that does. I have I have enjoyed the the highs like the Josh Hamilton from a long time ago. The yeah. Vlad. It was a Vlad and uh it was the showdown with a couple years. It was Vlad and Jock in nineteen. Oh, Jock, yeah. It was incredible. Incredible. And both those I mean, neither one of those guys won that, right? No, because <laughs> so, Alonso yeah. did. But yeah, yeah. But yeah. So Julio last night, when he hit 41, it was nuts. But it was a perfect example of having the right bullpen, like BP guy, 
Yes. Because like somebody's or was uh, Adolis Garcia's guy was throwing him like sinkers and cutters away. It's like <laughs> you gotta like, okay, jackass. Like, let's yeah. Like, Julio's guy, no step, just like short arm, like middle in, up and in the entire time. It was amazing. Like that, it's an underrated aspect of the derby that I I have that has come more to light, especially with the the timed aspect of it. Uh, Any opinions on the All Star game? It's going on right now, so it's not like we really have any takes on it. I always enjoy it. It's a, it's always pretty cool about. I think Adley back to the derby. Going oh, yeah. switch and hitting that twenty and then cool. coming cool. back and hitting seven from the other yeah. side of the plate. Um, I don't know why I was like so shocked when that happened. Like it's something he's capable of doing, but um, that was cool. Randy Rosarena with thirty five in the semifinals, and then Vladdy barely edging him out at the end. Like it's a bunch of electric players, and this was a really yes. young derby. It seemed like the future of baseball is in good hands, and wasn't it to the point to where Acuna was like, eh. I'll let someone else do it. Like, whatever. Yeah. And so they're so we, loaded that they're like, eh, we don't give a shit. You know, someone else yeah. can do it because we're so chock full with like young and stars. stars. Yeah. I think some of it, and go back to the kind of the dunk contest parallel. Like, when was the last time an amazing player did the dunk contest? You're right. Yeah. We have LeBron to do it for 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. yeah. But like the the guys that are kind of forward facing in the league want to do the derby. Like Shohei did it a couple of years ago. Pete Alonso, it's his, that's his thing. Julio's done it the last couple of years. I mean, right. Like it's cool to see the stars of the game want to get into something like this. So I, I don't I think that's fair. That, that's a great yeah. point, actually. That seeing, seeing the guys you want to see doing yes. anything you want to see them do. Is is like absolutely what you want. So that is best case scenario, and it's still not moving the needle for me. The only, the thing that is moving the needle for me, how the hell are their kids still out there in the outfield? That, that kid got is... smoked by Vladdy. Oh my god! I laughed so hard that I shouldn't have. <laughs> I mean, holy shit! I it, the video I saw cut. The first video I saw cut like as he hit the ground. The second video did not, and I got super. Have we got a, a check on that kid? That's why I didn't expect it for us to spend five minutes on the Derby, but it's fine. Um, but like, I know people have made the joke like, oh, give them 30 seconds at the end with a metal bat. I'm like, or do you want I, to like smoke a kid in the face? Like with a hundred kids out of the, honor. Get the yeah. metal. I love passing brought that in. I love that idea. I love it. I'm hundred percent in on that. So get the kids out of there for, for all reasons. And then give these, these monsters some metal bats. Let's hear some dinging. Yeah. One last thing before we hit break here. Uh, Salvador Perez was the Royals rep for the All-Star game. Should he have been? No. It it should have been Bobby Wood Jr. Like, the yep. blind resume, 99 weighted runs created plus versus 92, 14 homers, 27 stolen bags versus 15 and 0, 97th percentile outs above average at shortstop versus grading out pretty negatively as a defender. It's not particularly close. And, like, if you would have asked a month ago, like, okay, well, Salvador Perez is balling. He's having a good year. Um, He's been in, like, a career bad slump or pretty close to it. Um, that has promptly made me kind of see the light on on that whole thing. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty close. I, I think there's a case that you give a Aroldis Chapman a Royals hat and tell him to go despite him being a Ranger. Currently. Yeah, so. I think that was that to me is the better better case than Bobby Witt, but Bobby Witt's right there with him. So if you had to, 
Bobby Wood Jr. or Rolls Chapman would have been fine, but Salvi, I don't care. I mean, it's an American League catcher. Are there really two better that's, that's the key point. American League yeah. catchers? Yeah, I think that's the thing, just a positional thing. I bet if there weren't a long jam of American League shortstops, Bobby probably would have gotten a nod over Salvi. They need another catcher. Um, I wore, it looks like Jonah Heim for Texas, Adley Rushman of Baltimore. Uh, big dumper is better, yeah. apparently. But then it's right there as a Salvi, so I'm fine with Salvi, whatever. Yeah, it's not a big deal. Like, eight-time All-Star, it's a big deal. Uh, we're yeah. going to go back and look at our predictions for the se- this past season, as well as uh, some superlatives right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, so let's go back. Let's have some fun, boys. Um, And go back and look at our preseason prediction. Shout out to Jordan for going back and listening to our preseason pod and putting this together. Do the Lord's work. Who the Lord's work. Who's a doozy, man, let me tell you. Some of them were good. Like, we'll we'll go through and sing about some good ones. We We got a couple decent ones in there, but the division winners in the American League, I, Josh and I said the Blue Jays. Jordan said the Yankees. And the Jays, yeah. Yeah. Central, we all said the Cleveland, and that looks to be right, but who knows? Like, it's going to be between the Twins and the Guardians, and the winner is going to win like 83 games, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> are you saying the Royals are mathematically out of it, Joel? Barring like <laughs> the, the craziest comeback, the 2002 Moneyball run on steroids. Uh, I don't think so. AL West, we all kind of whiffed, I guess. Like I said the Astros, Josh said the Astros, Jordan said the Mariners, but the Rangers are, are really good. Uh, I still think the Astros probably end up winning that division. Or Ranger. Rangers, Rangers are kind of coming back to earth a little bit. Wild cards, I said Yankees, Mariners, Rays. Jordan, Blue Jays, Astros, Rays. And Josh said Yankees, Mariners, Rangers. So this guy said the Rays are going to... 
he stepped on the uh I think he he stepped on the Rays aren't going to be good rake. I did. Is this they do it? They're ridiculous, man. Every single year, I have learned to not question the race. It doesn't matter what they do. They could trade Randy this off season, and I'd still be like, okay, they're going to make playoffs. They can't keep getting away with this. Like that is the Tampa Bay race. Yep, they're literally devil race. Like that is. I'm tired of it. Gross. Oh, I I would say that of the six teams that are currently in the postseason, we each got four of them. And the same two teams bit us all. Yeah, the pretty much Mariners and Yankees. And I think I think the Yankees are they're like, they're somewhat close, like four games out of the wild. They're four, they're they're the favorites to win the East at one hundred five plus one. No shit, right now. Yep. Huh. Toronto's the second favorite to plus two twenty. Baltimore currently second in the standings, two games back. They are plus twenty two hundred to win the AL East. I don't know how that's a thing, but no one believes in Baltimore. It's tricky. I don't know. There's still so many young guys on that team yeah. that it's like, you know, how are they going to be able to hold it together? Mm-hmm. NL East, I said the Braves. Josh said the Phillies. And my guy Jordan oh, in the mm-hmm. Mets. You read off. So in, in the notes for the show, I, I indented and put LMAO biggest whiff of the show, 42 and 48 right now. Like, I saw their offseason and I saw, like, in my head, I was thinking, okay, well, the Mets are going to like bounce back. Like they're going to actually, this is the year they actually live up to the hype and do what they're supposed to do. Um, and they have done the exact opposite of that, mm-hmm. and they're not looking great. So, do you guys know what the Braves to win the NL East odds are right now? Minus, minus yeah, minus five thousand. Oh, <laughs> the Mets are currently plus thirty thousand. So it is a wrap. Sounds like the Cardinals preseason. So, NL Central, what the fuck were we thinking? We all said the Cardinals. But, to be fair, who could have foreseen the absolute collapse of the St. Louis Cardinals? Mm. They were minus 175. No other team was minus to win their division going into the preseason. It was was the Cardinals. And we want to talk about the Mets being the biggest disappointment. Cardinals are right there, dude. Well, that is the Royals have been. As bad as the Mets have been, the Cardinals might be the biggest disappointment baseball. And their division's so mid that, like yeah. Josh brought up, they are kind of, they have like 5% chance of being Michael Myers, where like they catch fire for three weeks and they're like, oh, haha, the Cardinals are like six games out and then they catch fire and make it interesting. I don't think they will, but it is hard either. to look at that team and be like, they're dead in the water. But I, I do think they're dead in the water. Hmm. So, same thing that I said about the NL Central, but with the NL West, because we all said the Padres. Yeah. It was so stupid. But yeah, I can't believe I fell for it again, because I did yeah, it maybe last the, year. Maybe the Padres yeah. are the biggest disappointment. Oh, God. All right. NL Wild Cards. I said Dodgers, Mets, Phillies. I feel good about the Dodgers. That's about it. The Phillies, I don't, I don't know. Jordan said Braves, Dodgers, Phillies. And then World Series... Uh, oh, sorry. Josh said Braves, Mets, Dodgers, and then our World Series. I said Braves or Mariners. The Mariners aren't making the playoffs, so at least I got the Braves going for me. Jordan said the Yankees over the Braves. Yeah, our guy Josh said the Padres over the Yankees in five. Yeah, that was my best. Uh, my, my best call. Uh, currently, Padres are at plus forty five hundred. 
to win the World Series. So go get them while it's hot. <clears throat> All right, let's hit some awards here. AL MVP, Jordan and I were smart and just took the low-hanging fruit and went with Shohei Otani. Justin Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I that is not a bad pick at all. But my defense, Joey, my defense, I did say I, I Shohei is probably the favorite, and that's who should probably win it. But I'm going to try to pick guys who are not the the children. I, I I admitted that part where you yeah. were like I went back simple. and I did. I tried to frame out. you as a, a dummy, Josh. It didn't work. Yeah, I don't need any help doing that. <laughs> I could do that all my own. Yeah, I hope you grabbed, uh, if you were a, a betting man, that you grabbed Shohei a plus 200 preseason because I think he's like minus 3,000 at this point to win. I saw minus 800, yeah. Yeah, it's something dumb like that. Real, uh, real close AL, to get done. Yeah. AL Cy Young, you guys both went with Shane McClanahan. I said Luis Castillo from the Mariners. It's still kind of wide open. Like, McClanahan is certainly up there. I think Castillo's up there. And I am not going to rule out Shohei catching fire if he gets enough innings and pulling out the Cy Young too. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule it out at all. That'd be rad. That'd be that really, be, really cool. Going into a con like it would be the ultimate contract year is undefeated <laughs> where you win a Cy Young and an MVP with yeah. forty eight like with fifty bombs, sub three ERA and two hundred punchies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's what, twenty nine? So he's not old. Like he's old for a player that just recently. Yeah. So he's still he's at his prime. He's got probably, you know, God willing, four or five years of this level production. You would hope, and then probably age pretty gracefully. So it's it's wild. The real question is: contract. Did did yeah. Jovey's contract start with a five or a six? Oh, <laughs> or another one, <laughs> like a one zero 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 zero. Just give him give him the world. Give him a blank check. Cohen Have him in your fridge. You know, Steve Cohen would give him a billion dollars. Oh, he'd he'd give him he'd back up several Briggs trucks for that guy. He's gonna make the oh. Bobby Bonilla contract like <laughs> so inferior. We're gonna we'll, our grandchildren are gonna be celebrating Shohei uh, Otani Day on July first every year. It's a new t- new definition of like, generational yeah. wealth. Yeah. Ale rookie of the year, Josh said Masataka Yoshida, who's second in odds. I had Hunter Brown, Jordan had Gunnar Henderson, Josh Young. I kind of forgot about him yeah. because I thought that he had I thought he had already used up all of his rookie eligibility last year. I was wrong there. Uh, Jordan and Josh said Ronald Acuna Jr. for NL MVP. I said Freddie Freeman. I just picked you guys. Uh, he, you know, like Freddie's been really good, but Ron, yeah. Ron is on a different level. Have you seen what he's on pace for? Yeah. 40, Doesn't he already have like 40? Yeah. It's he's 30, on pace 75. 38, yeah. 75. It's ridiculous. I, I was like, I could, he could maybe get to like 40 plus, 40 plus. <laughs> Josh, you are an idiot because. Apparently, he's going to go for 70. Whatever. Nuts. Uh, NL Cy Young, Josh said Corbin Burns, Jordan said Spencer Strider, and who's third nods, and I said Zach Wheeler. That one's still kind of open. I'm not sure. And that one. And a rookie of the year, Josh said Corbin Carroll. Great pick. Great, great pick. Jordan and I said Jordan Walker. Dumb. This what he basically with he got fired there a couple weeks ago. He did, yeah. but yeah, I know Cor- it's basically Corbin Carroll to lose, but I did sprinkle Ellie De La Cruz at plus five thousand just in case. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a good just he's so Yeah, he's Ellie De La Cruz might be love Ellie. I, I said it about Fernando Tatis a few years ago, but I think Ellie is the freakiest athlete I've ever seen on a baseball field. He's wild. Like, he's, he's, he's wild. 
He's so yes. long. It's so weird to watch. He's like a deer. Hey, and I wanted to give you some flowers because you mentioned Zach Gallen as a yes. Yeah, right. yeah. That was a plus 1,100 at the time, and he's now the favorite of plus 200. So well done on that. Trying to make people a couple bucks. Now, if I would have taken yeah. my own advice, I'd, uh, I'd I'd be in the hole just so people know. But I, I would have made a couple bucks. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to look back at our, our Royals predictions preseason, do some second half superlatives right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And keep following us through the rest of this painstaking baseball season. Royals MVP preseason. Josh and uh, Jordan with the the great pick of Bobby Witt Jr. I said Brady Singer, and I think my reasoning, if I recall, was this team is going to go as far as Brady Singer takes them, and boy, we're seeing what that looks like right now. (laughs) You said that word for word, by the way. Yeah, it was what I remember when I I listened back. Yeah. uh, Well, Michael Michael Garcia is a 1.8 F4 with 64% of the games played as Bobby Witt Jr. So, I mean... We have there, there's some, some things. things yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about it enough that Michael Garcia could legitimately finish top three in rookie of the year. Like he's not going to win because it's going to be Josh Young. But if he finishes top three, the Royals get a cop pick for it. Hmm. No, actually, they will. No, no he has to be on the opening day roster. That's right. I thought it was yep. just. I thought it was either they're on the opening day roster or they finish top three. Yeah, I mur- I muddied the waters last week, but that was uh, that was clarified during the draft this year. So I yes. did make sure that. Sorry, everybody. I dorked that. Nope, Best pitcher across the board. We said Brady Singer. I honorable mention Brad Keller. <laughs> I just put that in there just for double jeopardy. I was like, well, Joel, he's already <laughs> going to be pissed off that he picked Brady Singer. So why don't I just put I'm Keller in there? Yeah, that was that. That, that was me drink, like chugging the Kool Aid of spring training. Brad Keller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look good. We were both right there with you. Yeah. Best yeah. hitter, Vinny. Best hitter, Josh and Jordan said Vinny P. I said Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, you guys get a mulligan on that one considering he's out for the season. But Bobby is turning into the player that we all think that he can be. It's just scouter turn to June. He's been a completely different player. Uh, looks like he's really coming into his own. Here's a record prediction that so we mentioned at the beginning of the show. Josh said 79 and 83. Jordan said 74 and 88. I said 75 and 87. <laughs> and moving on. Moving on, <laughs> it's it's like 
it's like on the price is right when people would bid a thousand bucks and then someone bid like 999 or 1001 when, when joel i don't remember what order we went but i was like i i think we're gonna be close and i thought 74 was a fairly i don't want to say i thought it was optimistic i'm not like sandbagging saying oh i thought they were really gonna only win 70 yeah. but i was like a median outcome for them would be 74 and 88 but i also thought the you know 20th percentile outcome or whatever would be 67 68 they're not going to get that <laughs> so i it's just they somehow and i think josh you might have said this off the top here today they somehow are oh never mind i'm not going to say it because that is actually i was reading one line ahead of the doc so i shut my trap <laughs> i mean double stones off the flow Let's just go there. I mean, it's just... Yeah, so big surprise in the first half. It was meant to be players, but Josh took it a different way, which is totally cool. So we can... I, I've got both here. We can we can kind of do both. So going back to your point, how they how they failed to live up to the wildest, lowest expectations. Even the most pessimistic Royals fan out there did not expect a potential 116 loss pace. Everybody was just like, they better not lose 100. Well... They're going to lose 116, apparently. And that is just baffling to me because that's nowhere nowhere even close to what the... It's not even close to the low bar that was set. So it's just like, it's very, very strange. But let's put that to bed. Let's talk about the biggest surprise on my front. And it kind of goes back to where we're talking about the best hitter. Do you know who currently leads this team in WRC Plus? Freddie not Fermin. counting, Not counting Matt Beatty. It is Freddie freaking... For mean at 113 WRC plus, that is craziness. That we come in the we came into the season the, the preseason episode we were talking about. We were talking about the potential for Freddie Furman to eventually come in and be like a backup, a good backup with a decent bat. He can he can catch pretty well, but nobody expected what he is actually doing right now. So that to me is the biggest surprise of the season as far as players goes. Freddie Furman, shout out, love that guy. Yeah. He's also managed to, I think, extinguish any possibility, really, of MJ Melendez coming back behind the plate all that often. Yep, and that's gone. That's the player. That's the player that I listed as the biggest surprise. And I didn't think MJ Melendez was going to be like a, a clear star level player, but I was like, okay, he did enough last year and has enough room for improvement to where I think he could post like a one ten way to runs created him plus. His batting average is down. The walk rate's down. The strikeout rate's up 5%. Isolated power's down. Way to runs created plus is down from 99 to 71. Um, he's still red on like a Savat page, um, like average exit velocity and hard hit percentage, but bottom 10% in whiff rate, strikeout rate, outs above average, outfielder jump. Like MJ Melendez has been objectively not good and by many counts a negative player this year for the Royals, which is not something I foresaw. I was like, his floor should be an average player with like interesting athletic tools and a ceiling that maybe a glass ceiling of sorts. But like now the floor, he broke the glass on that too and like fell through it. So um, he has been, in my opinion, and Joel has a good one too, but MJ Melendez is my most surprising player of the first half. Yeah, I think my biggest surprise is Bray Singer. I mean, I was all in on the Royals having at least a a top-of-the-rotation pitcher for the foreseeable future. It felt like he had really turned a corner in 22, and we were going to come into 23, and he was going to be able to build on that. And he is back to 
2021, if not worse than that. Mm. I mean, he's almost outright refusing to use a changeup at this point. Like, the last few starts have been super ugly, and I knew he would regress a hair in some aspects because he is a sinker ball pitcher. He gives a lot of ground balls with the shift going away. That was probably going to happen. Happened to a lot of guys with similar profiles and similar pitch types. But he is now, once again, a two-pitch pitcher at the big league level. That isn't going to work. We knew it's not going to work forever. And I think it's eventually going to end with either the Royals just cutting ties or throwing him in the bullpen and saying, you cannot be a starter in the big leagues if you're not going to throw the changeup. Because at a certain point, like we hammered the coaching staff, the previous staff of, why are they not having him throw? Why are they not forcing him to do this? And then you bring in a new staff that's more analytically inclined, theoretically a better pitching coach in Brian Sweeney and Zach Bowe, and he's still not throwing it. So ultimately, it's on the player. Like, the player has to be able to buy into this too, and I don't know if he's done that. I, I wish I could have conversations behind closed doors and figure some of that out, but from the outside, it's it looks like he's just being too stubborn. It, just flat out. Most likely to regress in the second half. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Um, I'm going with my guy, Nick Prado. I love me some Nick Prado. I've talked, I've waxed poetically about him for the last month or so, uh, despite uh, his struggles in the last month. He's been striking out about 43% of the time. His BABIP on the season is 395, and that's led to him hitting 246, where his expected batting average is 224. So 20 points difference between that on the wrong side. Uh, he's slugging versus his expected slugging is 10 points difference where he should be. Uh, he's kind of overperforming here at the moment. Um, Ex-WOBA versus actual WOBA is about 12 points as well. So just feels like that smells a little bit like he's going to regress. He needs to stop striking out as much. He knows that. Um, and then hopefully the bad bib kind of doesn't crater too much. But he's not, I, I want him to be a 246 hitter. It seems like he's expected to be a 224 hitter, but if he can be a 246 hitter, walk and strike out around 30%, he's still a very quality, uh, quality big leaguer. So I still have plenty of faith in Nick Prado, but uh, I do think that right now he's kind of set up to regress. Yep. I like that. I was going to go Nick Prado for mine. Um, and I noticed that you had him. So I picked Jose Quas and mm -hmm. dude, I just never bought the draw with Jose Quas, I was like, this guy peripherally does not, he, he exceeds the hype. Like he is the definition of exceeding what the expected numbers have this year, four, two, five ERA, five thirty eight expected ERA. The FIP is four, four, five. Um, he's been good since June. Like it's ironic that I'm picking this, but you look at his Savant page, man, blue, 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 red, blue, red, blue, blue, red, blue. Like it is, he never has these good, I, I just feel like I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly mm. with him. And I don't know if he's going to be around by the time the Royals, even next year, like once they start having tough decisions to make out of the bullpen, I know that the results are kind of there with him, but they're not overwhelmingly good enough to where I think you have to keep him around the expected stuff, the peripherals. I just don't know if I trust that. So I went with him. I don't wholeheartedly believe it, but um, I wanted to pick someone different than Josh, and there's a lot of data that says, hey, once that shoe drops, it might not look particularly great. So my guy, and it's not like I think there's going to be a precipitous drop-off with this guy, but I did go with Freddie Fermin, and it's just from an offensive perspective. Like The thing that we kind of knew about Freddie Fermin for a long time in the minors was, guy's a hell of a catcher, can handle a staff. He is great behind the plate with all of our pitchers. 
probably not going to hit, but he's a backup catcher at minimum. And I just kind of wait for there to be a, a decent regression with the like on the hitting side. And it may like there's no way that Freddie Fermin is going to be an 820 OPS guy. Like he's probably going to be closer to like a 720, which is perfectly good for a backup catcher. Like if you get that out of him in maybe 200 plate appearances in a season, you're loving that. I just I just don't know how much longer he's going to be able to sustain this the type of offensive production he's been able to provide. I feel like 720 OPS is great for a starting catcher. Yeah, I was going to look at that real quick. I mean, it probably is. Like the the off- the bar for offensive catchers is for catchers in general is so low. I mean, Salvi is seven twenty three. Okay, okay. So I was <laughs> just trying. I was trying to think that's about an all star level. And, and I said it, and I was like, "Yo, that's still pretty good." <laughs> yeah, that's still pretty good. <laughs> but okay, so I guess he's gonna go from like, "Holy crap, where did this guy come from?" To like, he's pretty damn catcher. serviceable. Yeah, like, yeah. He's a backup catcher. I think that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most likely to bounce back, and then let's get out of here. I Josh Michael Massey. Um, six, since June for June first, he had the struggles. Uh, kind of made some mechanics, and he had that injury, and he kind of came back to it, back from it. But since June first, eighteen and a half percent K rate, seven and a half percent walk rate. Hello, and then there's a two hundred BABIP there. So I, he's he's having some bad luck, but the approach is there. I think he's going to start bouncing back. His expected stats are all supposed to be better than what his actual stats are. So. He's my uh, he's my guy, kind of riding to uh, be able to progress back to where he's probably supposed to be uh, for the rest of the season. I don't have a great feeling about this, um, but Drew Waters, seventy seven WRC plus, he's striking out a ton. Still, he's not walking a lot. Last fifteen games, both of the last things are still true. He's striking out a pretty considerable amount, not walking a lot, but slashing three twenty one, three fifty one, four ninety one, getting some more pop on the ball. Um, 129 WRC plus. Like I, I just think he's too athletically solid. I, I just believe in the hype that it actually, as we're recording this, it's the one year anniversary in July 11th of the Royals trading for him and sending that 35th pick over in exchange for a few guys. But like he was by far the centerpiece of it. Um, he hasn't played a ton. He's been banged up, and the sample last year wasn't huge. There's still a lot we need to learn about him, and the Royals need to learn about him. Um, so can he go from like 77 to 90 or maybe even a little bit higher if he gets hot for the next few months? I think he can. Um, and it's not going to cement his status long-term necessarily, but it's going to buy him some more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My last guy or my guy that I think is going to bounce back is Salvi. Guy, guys like this at this point in their career, they don't stay in three for forties for that long. Like they're going to, they find their way out of it. And so I am banking on that being a probably playing through injury, just like trying to grind their way to the all-star break and not father time catching up to Salvi. I don't think we're, we're there yet. Um, maybe he, Hey, we're not, we haven't seen him in the game yet. Maybe he get he, maybe he gets a home run tonight and it gets him on one of those heaters uh, to start the second half. And we're back to seeing the Salvi that we're, that we're used to seeing. That's, at least that's my hope for for what Salvi is going to be able to bring in the second half because it was just straight up dead weight for about two weeks there, and he hits in the middle of the lineup. So when you saw the offensive outputs down the stretch, I think there's a pretty good solid correlation there. That's going to do it for this episode of One Royal Way. Be sure to check out the next episode, which is all about the MLB draft that just took place. 
talk about a bunch of the picks and uh, where the Royals sit on the farm side. And we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.